Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode number 64. Today's episode is answering a question I recently received from Wendy in the private Wannabe Minimalist Facebook group. She asked for some help bridging the juxtaposition between wanting to simplify and wanting to be resourceful and not wasteful. It's such a good question, and it is a stumbling block for so many others starting on their journey toward a more vibrant life with less stuff. If you've ever been curious about how to simplify or declutter without being wasteful, well then stick around because I have some good news for you. Hey there, my wannabe minimalist friend. Welcome back to the show. My name is Deanna Yates, and I am thrilled you are joining me today for a look at how to live a more vibrant life with less clutter. I started on this journey to living a better life without being weighed down by my possessions when my daughter was born. She was the catalyst that made me want more from life. At the time, my husband and I had been working on a business from home, and it dawned on us that we could do that from anywhere in the world. Yes, we became world travelers with a baby. As we celebrated our daughter's first birthday, we sold almost 90% of our stuff and set out on an adventure of a lifetime. Everything we owned fit into a 5x8 storage pod or in the carry-on suitcases we took with us. But as with everything in life, we faced many challenges and curveballs, so traveling did not become a full-time thing for us. The good news is it was life-changing. I want you to hear me though. I could try to make this come off as some fairy tale story. After all, we did something most people just dream about. The traveling part was amazing, and we were so grateful for the experience. But there are some lessons you have to learn more than once. This was true for me and my family when it came to stuff. We traveled with practically nothing and not only survived, but we loved the freedom that came with it. It was easier to get outside, explore whatever new town we were in, read more, play more, and feel like we were living life on another level. So it was a tough pill to swallow when I realized that stuff had started to take over our home again once we settled back down in the States. The thing is, companies constantly push the message that we need stuff to be happy. We as human beings are labeled as consumers, and so as a society, we start to see shopping as our purpose and the thing that would lead us to happiness. If we just buy this item, we'll feel fulfilled. If we just dress in the clothes that are trending on Instagram, we'll feel confident. If we buy the right containers, we'll be able to organize our homes to look Pinterest perfect. And that is a really hard cycle to break. It is extremely difficult to go up against the norm and say, nope, I don't need that thing, or I'm good, I can pass up that sale. And what's worse is once you do crack through those marketing messages and decide enough is enough and you want to simplify and declutter, well, you're left with a feeling of guilt or wastefulness. And that is what I want to talk about today. 
But before we dive in, I want to remind you that you can find all of the show notes for today and links to anything that I mention at littlegreenbow.com slash 64. Again, that's littlegreenbow.com forward slash the number 64. While you're there, don't forget to pick up my free resource, The Tidy Home and Vibrant Life Starter Guide. This guide shows you four easy steps you can take right now to create a home and a life where you and your family thrive. It's completely free and my way of helping you on your journey to living the life that you were meant to be living without letting stuff hold you back any longer. All right, so let's hop in and talk about how to declutter and simplify without being wasteful. When we talk about being wasteful, there are a few things we do need to get clear on though. The first thing I want to talk about is what wasteful actually means. While doing research for today's podcast, it became clear that there are different ways to look at this topic. The first way to look at being wasteful is feeling guilty through feeling like you're wasting money. Now, you know how this goes. You're cleaning out your closet and you stumble across a dress, a pair of pants, a new top, with the tags still attached. Oh my gosh, that is a sinking feeling. Here you have a new piece of clothing, but you obviously do not wear it. If you just forgot about it, but you actually love it and you want to wear it, oh my gosh, that's great, that's fabulous. Get it out, wash it, and put it in your wardrobe rotation. But if you're like most of us, finding a forgotten article of clothing with the tag still attached means that you made a mistake when purchasing it. Maybe you liked how the item was styled in the store, but it's not really your personal style. Or maybe you were in a rush and didn't get to try it on, so you didn't actually discover that the fit wasn't right until you were back home. Maybe you bought it and then COVID hit and you never got a chance to take it back. Whatever the reason is, well, it doesn't really matter anymore. The money has been spent and you now own a piece of clothing that you do not wear. That's just a fact. But this is where the guilt and that wasteful feeling comes in. We know we made a bad choice and we spent money we shouldn't have. We feel the money was wasted and that makes us feel icky. And it doesn't just happen with clothing. It happens with all manner of things. The second way to look at being wasteful is through wasting resources and the resulting environmental impact. All the items we purchase are made with raw materials. Paper goods start as trees, plastic things come from oil, clothing and textiles come from crops, and then are often made by underprivileged people in poor working conditions. It takes a lot of energy and resources to make the finished goods that we use in our homes and in our daily lives. And if these things are not made in a sustainable way, the impact is felt through climate change, which is becoming more and more of a concern as we experience more drastic weather patterns, worsening heat waves, and stronger storms. We need to be aware that we are causing problems throughout the world as we continue to consume more and more. And worse, we're passing these habits on to our children. A study from the early 2000s found that while the U.S. has only 3.1% of the world's children, U.S. families annually purchase more than 40% of the total toys consumed globally. Okay, 3% of children own more than 40% of the world's toys. That is a crazy statistic, and it's honestly a pretty old one. I would not be surprised if that's gotten worse in the past decade. 
And the third way we feel wasteful or guilty when decluttering or simplifying is that we often need to let go of our aspirational selves. During the recent pandemic, several people took up new hobbies. We've tried baking, knitting, gardening, quilting, scrapbooking, jewelry making, so many new things. Because we had more time on our hands and we were stuck at home for a good part of our day. But just because you started a hobby does not mean you need to keep all of the equipment, knickknacks, and accessories around if you decided it wasn't a good fit. Here's a secret to let you in on, especially when it comes to our future selves. We cannot predict the future. It's hard for us to know what life will be like next year, or in five years, or in 10 years. The only thing I do know is that it will be different. Two years ago, we moved to a new city. Hello, San Diego. We absolutely love it here. And we started our daughter in a new school. We planned for this to be her permanent school that she would go to for the entirety of her elementary school life. Back to all that traveling I mentioned earlier, our daughter had gone to six different schools before the age of six, and we were really excited about putting down roots for her. Well, y'all know what happened. Yep, COVID happened right in the middle of her first year at what we planned to be a more permanent solution for our family. And that's just how life goes. We can make plans, but there is never a guarantee. And that is why we cannot be so hard on ourselves when it's time to let go of items that we purchased with good intentions for our aspirational lives. Okay, now that we have a better idea for how we can define what we might mean when we talk about bridging that juxtaposition between wanting to simplify and wanting to be resourceful and not wasteful, I want to talk about what we can do about it and how we can kind of overcome these feelings. So you know me, I never want to leave you hanging here. So here are some helpful tips to help move forward. Tip number one is to learn from the past. I have some tough love for you today. Sometimes we're wasteful. No one is perfect, and there are going to be times when you think you will use something, but you just don't. Here's the thing. Just like we cannot predict the future, we cannot change the past. The best we can do is to take the experience, learn a lesson from it, and then move forward with the intention to do better next time. And just like we got rid of 90% of our belongings and then had that stuff, a lot of stuff creep back into our lives and we had to go through another big purge and declutter and be more intentional, that's just life. We have to move on and have the intention to do better in the future. So as for the money and feeling like you wasted it, well, the money was gone as soon as you spent it. You do not lose any additional money when you donate an expensive item. Yes, you can try to sell your items and you can try to recoup some money from it, but understand that there are very few things that will be worth what you paid for them or that will increase in value. So let go of the idea that you are wasting money by donating things that were expensive and then be better about what you buy in the future. Get value out of the things that you own by using them, and it will not feel as wasteful when you are ready to part with them at some later date. Then let's look at the environmental impact. So if you are truly using an item and it makes your life better, 
then you can justify the energy that was used to make it. Now, of course, let's try to buy things that were made in a sustainable way. Let's try to make things that were not made in sweatshops. Let's try to make things from companies that do give a living wage to their workers. That is a better way to consume. But if it's packed away in a closet and it's just collecting dust, so go ahead and make a decision to be more conscientious about the purchases that you make in the future. We want to buy less so that we can use less so that we can become better stewards of the environment and our world that we are leaving to our children. Tip number two is to shift your mindset to think about how keeping an item that you no longer use is actually the wasteful part, not the part where you let it go. So, so much of how we live our lives is determined by the mindsets that we allow to flourish in our brains. When we're thinking about being wasteful and decluttering, we can shift our thoughts and we can think about how keeping that item is actually the more wasteful part instead of the letting go. So we can do that by thinking about how the item takes up room that you could use for other things in your home. I mean, you could use a space to work out or you can do hobbies that actually fulfill you instead of holding on to these items because you think it's wasteful or you feel guilty about letting them go. Or we could think about how holding on to items we do not need creates additional stress in our lives. This could cost you so much more than money in the future through health issues later in life. Or maybe if you embraced decluttering and simplicity, you could move to a smaller home if you stopped holding on to these things out of guilt. This one is a big one. My family's been able to live in smaller homes because we have less stuff. We've been able to travel and see the world because we didn't have so much stuff holding us back and we were able to pack it up pretty easily and quickly. We've moved a ton. Having less stuff has really allowed us to embrace life. And if you also do this, it might help free up money for savings and it might even allow you to work less. In episode 28, I spoke with a mom who was able to quit her job and become a stay-at-home mom after she decluttered their home. I'll go ahead and link to that episode in the show notes so you can check it out, but that's pretty good motivation to switch up your thinking about being wasteful and understand that holding on to something might be the wasteful part. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist, and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. 
Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. Another way you can shift your mindset and see keeping something that you no longer use as wasteful is that by donating or giving items to someone who will use it, it actually keeps them from having to buy a new one. Now, this stops that purchasing cycle and eliminates the need to use up those raw materials and those resources to actually make that new thing in the first place. So think about the people in your life that you can gift items to. Of course, we don't want to be pawning off our, you know, poor items on other people. But if you do have a friend or family member that could use something that you're not using, um, you can either share it with them or you can gift it to them, whatever works for you. Another group of people that you could consider giving items to are younger couples. So couples that are just starting to make their first homes together. If you think about your life when you first started out on your journey with your partner, think about all the new things you needed. You know, maybe there's something that's of really nice quality, but you just don't want to take the time to try to sell it. Um, You're not going to recoup your money anyway. We've already talked about that. And it would be something that a young couple might really cherish in their new home when they're just starting out and have so many other things they need to purchase. Another thing, um, group of people you can give things to are younger children. Now, this is really helpful for sentimental kids. I do talk about this in episode 47, where I discuss decluttering secrets that actually work with kids. I'll link to it in the show notes, of course, so you can give that one a listen too. But when children have a place or someone in particular to give their items to, it's easier to let go of the things that are meaningful to them instead of just giving them to the random void of this is going to help someone less fortunate. That's a really hard concept for children to understand. So if they can give it to somebody who's younger or they know somebody in particular who will love and cherish their item as well, it's easier for them to let go. You could also look to your local church or a shelter who gives to those who are less fortunate. Again, we want to make sure that we're donating items that are actually useful, that are in good quality or um, good condition, and not just pawning off junk that we don't know what to do with. And then lastly is your local buy nothing group. Now, if you have not used a buy nothing group, this one is a really interesting trick, but it does come with a caveat. You want to make sure that you are giving more than you are requesting from the group. When I first signed up for the group, I don't like shopping. So the fact that I was even wrapped up in this does make me concerned for those of you that do like shopping. But in your local group, there will people will post all sorts of things. And in my area, people post really nice things. There's full furniture sets. There's been TVs. There's been really nice rugs, lots of children's things. You know, children's things are big because they only use them for such a short time. But people just give these things away. And it's been a really nice way for us to be able to pass on things that are gently used, but we just didn't want to donate during COVID or couldn't donate during COVID. But people in the group 
I mean, it's amazing what people are looking for and what they want to give and get in that group. So if you do have a local buy nothing group, it is through um, the group I'm on as part of a Facebook group. So check in Facebook and see if they have one in your area. And it's been a really great way for us to pass on items that are useful, um, but we just don't use them anymore. Okay, so that's a good way that you can shift your mindset for letting go of things that you know, you just don't need and knowing that keeping them is actually the more wasteful thing than letting them go to other people that could actually use them. Okay, the third way to declutter without being wasteful is to use up what you have and make the decision not to buy it again. So go ahead and take this a step further and do not buy something in the same category until that item's used up. So this works really well for things like cleaning supplies. So even if it's not your favorite product, make sure that you use it up, especially if it does the job okay. You know, if the product is good, but maybe it's not your favorite scent or, you know, it's not quite perfect, but it works well enough. Well, use it up and then buy your favorite when it runs out. But don't just throw away a perfectly good item that you could use around your home like this if you're going to go out and purchase a new one anyway. These are consumables that you need to use up. Another thing it works well with is food. Now go ahead and make a meal plan using the items in your pantry for the upcoming week and then try to buy fewer items on your grocery run. Buy the fewest items that you can. This is actually what I'm going to be doing this week and I'm looking forward to creating more space in our fridge, in our freezer, and in our pantry. Plus, it's going to be a really nice boost to our bank account and our budget because I'll be able to buy less this week. So I try to factor these in as I notice our pantry is getting a little unruly or our fridge or our freezer just feels kind of stuffed. I try to use up what's in there. I make a list of everything we have and then I make a meal plan based on those items. And it really does work because these are things you use every week and you have to have food and you have to make dinner so might as well combine them together and you can also try a no spending challenge and only buy the essentials so those are of course are your food your personal hygiene products and your cleaning products only if you've run out and you try to do that for a certain period of time and this is a great way to use up what you already have in your home and it can be really eye-opening to see what you have lurking around that you just haven't been using because you just get a little blind to what you already own. All right, and the fourth and final way I want to talk about today, how we can simplify and be less wasteful, is to change your shopping habits. So a few ways you can do that. Go to the store less frequently. Have one day a week that you plan as your errand day, or go, you know, grocery shopping once a week, and try not to go other times, even if you're missing an ingredient. See if you can be creative and find something else that you can use instead. Because every time you go in that store, you have to use your willpower and not buy something else. Not have an impulse buy. Not pick up something because, oh, I forgot I did need that too. If you can just cut down on how you how frequently you go to the store, you will cut down on how much you buy. Another way to change your shopping habits is to shop secondhand. Can you buy things from a thrift store? Can you get them in another way instead of buying something that is new and using up those raw materials and that energy and all those extra resources? Can you buy it secondhand? Third way is to only shop with a list. 
I never go into a store anymore without a list. And if the item is not on my list, I try not to buy it. Sometimes I do forget because I'm human and I do forget to put something on my list and it's absolutely necessary that I buy it. But it makes me think, it makes me pause for a minute before I put something in my cart. Because if I didn't remember that I needed it before I went to the store, chances are I can live without it when I get home. And then another way is to create a new hobby with a friend. So a lot of us have just become social shoppers because it's something to do and we just don't have very many hobbies that we can do with our friends. So when we go out, we either go to the coffee shop or we'll go browse you know, stores and we'll window shop and we'll end up buying stuff we don't need. We'll see if you can create a new hobby with a friend. Be active. Go for a walk. Go for a hike. Take up bike riding. Try a workout class. Uh, take a baking class. Do something other than shop and it will make a difference in your life. Now, I've said it before, but you cannot declutter your home and then go back out and buy all new stuff. That is not a solution to the problem. The best thing to do is to change your habits. Even if you barely declutter your stuff, changing the influx and the inflow of the items into your home, that's going to make a huge impact. Instead of going to the store to purchase something new, shop your home. Look for a game to play with the family that you haven't played in a while. Put on a fashion show and see if you can come up with new outfit combinations. Go through your books and read one that you've been meaning to read, but just haven't gotten around to. These subtle shifts will add up over time. Using the items in your home will do a couple things. One, you will use them and remember that you liked them. Two, you will get these items used up so that they're no longer taking up space in your home. Or three, it will allow you to come to the realization that you are ready to part with them as they don't add that value that you were expecting to get from your life or as part of your life when you were using it. And that is what lets you get rid of these things guilt-free. So now none of these things need to be drastic changes that you make overnight. And in fact, it's best if you are deliberate and make changes in a way that feels sustainable to you. But make the decision to start. Start today. Start somewhere. And make the choice to be more present, more intentional, and more resourceful in your own life. So I hope you liked today's episode, and if you'd like to continue the conversation, I invite you to come over and share in the Wannabe Minimalist Family community on Facebook. The group is completely free, and we're growing an amazing community of like-minded people. It's a great place to ask any questions you might have about decluttering, organizing, or simplifying from others who have been there before or are on a similar journey. You are not alone and we are here to help. So introduce yourself, share your thoughts, and let us know if there is something we can help you with. Plus, I'd love to know your thoughts on simplifying and decluttering without being wasteful. Do you have anything to add or are there tactics from today that you're excited to try out? If you're on board, let me know what you found most helpful from today's episode. You can mention it in the Wannabe Minimalist Family group, or you can tag me on Instagram. I'm little.green.bow, or you can use the hashtag wannabeminimalistfamily. I'm excited to hear from you and offer encouragement on your journey toward less stuff, more happiness, and a vibrant life that you and your family deserve. And don't forget, if you'd like to get your free copy of the Vibrant Home and Life Starter Guide, you can grab it in all of the show notes for today on my website at littlegreenbow.com slash 64. 
Once again, you can get the show notes for today and the links to those two episodes I mentioned as well over at littlegreenbow.com forward slash the number 64. And that just about wraps it up for today's episode. But before I go, I just want to take a minute to thank you for listening to the show. I appreciate that you do choose to spend some of your time with me, and I hope that the information I provide is not only helpful, but inspiring. And if you enjoyed today's episode and have not done so already, please subscribe to be notified of new episodes wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Also, leave a review so more people can find us and discover the benefits of a minimalist, intentional, or simplified lifestyle for themselves and their families. And in my own personal life, school has officially started this week for my daughter. That means I am happy to be back with weekly episodes. If you have any topics you'd like me to cover or anyone you'd like me to feature as a guest on the show, please feel free to reach out and let me know. You can tag me on social media or you can send me an email to deanna at littlegreenbow.com. I'll spell that out for you quick. It's D-E-A-N-N-A at L-I-T-T-L-E-G-R-E-E-N-B-O-W.com. All right. Well, I hope you all have a wonderful week and I hope that you are able to let go of some of your things and not feel wasteful along the way. Cheers. And I will catch you here next week. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness, and I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.